This week's episode of the Star Wars Report is brought to you by the good folks supporting us over on patreon.com slash Report. Let's do the show, folks. Come, come, come. And who might you be? It's the Star Wars Report. Star Wars Report. Woo! Star Wars Report. The place for Star Wars news, features, interviews, and more. And we can do something epic. Good morning. Good afternoon. Good evening. Please delete as appropriate. The Force. It's calling to you. Just let it in. So, you know, it's been a while. It's been a while. And I'm back. I've been gone for like a few weeks. I don't know if anybody noticed. You probably didn't, but I have been gone for a few weeks. This is Bruce Gibson. You're listening to the Star Wars Report. This is episode 349. We're getting close to 350. How exciting is that? So I'm glad to be back. And I can't do this alone. We have, as most of the time, Mark Hurlam in here. How you doing, yeah, Mark? Yeah, doing good, doing good. I'm excited about the 350 coming up. That's exciting. I know. Yeah, 350. You've been doing the show since the very beginning. Yeah, well, pre pre show even because we were we were doing the uh, the Boston report before we became the Star Wars report. Yeah. And yet yeah, last week Riley introduced you as a guest. I know. <laughs> I know. Sometimes he forgets. He forgets things like I, that's that's why I had to put founder one in the chat. I was just like, yeah, you, I'm a founder too, y'all. <laughs> 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 I think I made him founder three. Like, like I was like, Bethany, of course, gets top seat. Like, you know, I almost made Bethany founder one because, like, you know, she, she really did a lot of the work she does. She's a heavy lifter. I don't know if you know this out with her with her feminine physique, but she's actually like the Hulk. She can carry a lot of weight. She's pretty buff. Yeah. OK, well, speaking of a lot of weight, we also have Michael Morris with us today. Dang, son. <laughs> I never think of you as being heavy, but you always say you are. You're not heavy, though. You're not. I'm pretty heavy, buddy. No. But my thing is, it doesn't bother me. <laughs> like, like, because my... Because like, every time you open a bag of Doritos, you're like, yeah, this doesn't bother me. You're like, like I'm heavy yeah, like a I'm pound like, of feathers. <laughs> well, no, no. I mean, it's like, like oh. Christine, she'd be like, you're not fat. I'm like, Christine, I'm fat. Like, just... Like let's just let's just say what it but is. But you carry it like, well, though. Like what, well, I, I mean, remember you telling me you you would say several times that you're fat. And I'm like, why does he keep saying that? And then one time I really looked at you and I'm like, oh, he he does have more weight than I thought. But you don't look. Like <laughs> you go, oh wait, he is fat. <laughs> I just thought it was a baggy t-shirt. Now that you point it out, <laughs> now that you point it out, now that I got a green light. <laughs> hey, I'll tell you who's That's getting right. fat right now. So I was in um, El Segundo. California near LAX airport. I was at an event for direct TV or whatever, and they had uh, in and out food trucks there. Ooh, oh my. I went in double, double animal style. I went, they didn't do, they didn't offer that though. They just, they were just doing oh. burgers and then Cape Cod chips, which I love Cape Cod chips. So it was just cause they were just cranking out cause there's hundreds and hundreds of people. So they're just giving you yeah, the Yeah, they have no options. That's the same Yeah, there's thing. no options. Like bacon? Which is fine. No bacon? No bacon. This is criminal. But it was, it was okay because I went in and out and then I went back in and out again. <laughs> I, I went twice. <laughs> So that that's that's go. bad when you go. You have, had a full circle. I had a full circle on that one. So <laughs> that's that's where things come in. Uh, so yeah, we should uh, probably just get into some Star Wars talk, man, because that's what the show's about. It's called the Star Wars Report. We got something to report on, and that is Bob Iger. Yeah, Do you know. I mean, uh, let's slow things down, and that's exactly what Bob's been saying. Well, who is guys, Bob? Uh, right away, Bob's the president of D- of he's the CEO of Disney. Just so people yeah, know, the the big this is like the George Lucas of Star Wars in a sense. Like Kathleen Kennedy is right there with him, but he's her boss, so he's really probably the closest we have, right? Exactly. So yeah, so we have an article here from the Hollywood Reporter, and they were interviewing Bob, and they ask him if uh, he said they say many believe Disney should pump the brakes and not put out a Star Wars movie each year. And what did Bob say? He's like, yep. I made a timing decision, and as I look back, I think the mistake that I made, I take the blame, was a little too much, too fast. You can expect some slowdown, but that doesn't mean that we're going to stop making films. 
J.J. Abrams is busy making episode 9. We have creative entities, including Game of Thrones director David Benoff and D.B. Wise, who are developing sagas of their own, which we haven't been specific about. And we're just at the point where we're going to start making decisions about what comes next after J.J.'s. But I think we're going to be a little more careful about volume and timing. And the buck stops here on that. Yeah, yeah, you see? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> wow, that was a good Bob Iger. I, I was trying. I was trying hard. <laughs> so he's taking the blame for the timing, but he's not taking the blame for firing five directors? Yeah, well, and, and it does seem like it focuses on one point when the issue is more than just the timing. You know, I mean, granted, Solo came out six months after the last film, but the last film really hit fans in a div- divisive way. And then you get the solo where, you know, invested fans like myself were kind of like, I don't know if I want this film. I don't know if I need this film. And then with the reactions that some people were having after the last film, like it was a perfect storm of so many things. Plus the, the lack of a push from the powers that be. I mean, I'm only now seeing at my local Walmart, the solo black series figures. They're just now getting here. The book and stuff, they waited till the DVD release. I mean, a lot of it was pushed back. I mean, even with the, the uh, digital release, like they didn't send out digital copies like they normally do to help promote the films like they did the last few films. So all of these things add to it. And yet Bob's just kind of like, oh, no, I made a bad choice. We're just going to have to back off on one a year. And it's like, I don't think that the one a year is the problem here. Well, it's two, there's, there's two things to that. One, it's not. It wasn't a situation of one a year. It was a situation of one five months after the other. Mm-hmm. So that so there is that element. But the th- my thinking is, and I, I'm a pretty smart guy, so I'm probably right. Just go ahead and assume I am. Uh, that Take note, Bruce. <laughs> the time. The, it's uh, six fifty-seven. Situation on the West Coast. here. It's was okay. I'm going to edit this part out. Oh, okay. All right. So I can, I can just say whatever I want then. No, I, I think the situation was because they spent so much, because you, you might as well take their filming budget and just double it, right? Mm-hmm. As much as they had done, it would be almost double for the, the filming budget. Then, so what do they do? They then, because it's it's filming plus marketing. So I think what they did... And I think you and I were actually talking about this when we went and saw Solo uh, one of the times, Bruce. But I, I think that what they did was they then just pulled um, a lot of their their funds for marketing. You know, I, I think, uh, and I mean, I don't know because I don't work there, so I, I wasn't in the room or anything. But when he says about timing decisions, and he doesn't say anything that he's just going to one movie a year, they're just reassessing yeah. some things. When I hear timing decisions, it makes me wonder if it's more of him pushing these movies to come out. There was a fiasco with Solo, with Lord and Miller changing directors, so and so forth, and him saying to Lucasfilm and Kathleen Kennedy and Ron Howard, no, I'm not pushing the date back. I've done it on the other movie. I'm not going to keep pushing dates back. We're sticking with May. And because they needed more time maybe to get the movie done, they didn't have the time then to put the marketing behind it, the merchandise behind it, putting all that ahead of it. And so, yeah, got the movie out in May, just like Bob wanted, get it out there now. And then he's like, oh, yeah, but see, I, maybe I shouldn't have rushed it. You know, you guys fell behind and that that's see, the time. I disagree. That, that makes a lot of sense, though, especially because. No. The May for me never worked. Like I didn't, I felt like that was a fan service for nostalgia's sake. May does not feel like it's a Star Wars month anymore. May so, feels marvelous. There's, there's one problem with that, that logic though, Bruce, is that I, it's not like the two aren't really tied in. The, the basically having to reassess and, and go with Ron Howard and all of that has nothing to do with the, the marketing because the, the film was still going to come out then. So the marketing would have all been done, and the marketing's done by like an actual marketing team. Oh yeah, so I know. Ron, yeah, but what not if doing what if aspects it. of the characters change though? I mean, like say say instead of Bennett, they had John Wayne, and John Wayne was going to be a prominent character, and then they were like, you know what, we don't need John because Bennett basically plays that role, and now they're like, well, crap, we got this whole John Wayne line. What the hell are we going to do with it? I mean, there's there's a very good possibility. That as they're redoing things for the movies, they're telling marketing to hold off 
because, you know, we're still trying to figure out how this movie's going to play, how we're editing with a field, you know, we're changing character, whatever, actors and things like that. They, you know, and they may not needed to hold off, but they could have been telling their marketing team, hold off until we figure some of these things out. See, well, you know what excites me, though, is the whole fact that he says the buck stops here. He takes full responsibility. And since Disney has bought Star Wars from Lucas, the one thing we've always been kind of wondering is, like, who's in charge? You know, what's the story group doing? You know, who's responsible for these things, that things? And you've got, like, the comics and the books where they're not quite lining up and stuff. And you've got the same issue that you have with the movies here and what he's saying about how, you know, we're putting too much out too fast. And we're having the same issue with the books and the comics where they're not able to line up because they're rushing those as well. And you almost have to wonder, like, when is that going to trickle over into that side of things? Are they going to see that as well and and slow down on some of that to the point where you're not having characters that should be dead or or somewhere else or, or different situations showing up in two different books or two different mediums and they're not lining up because someone didn't get the note? I mean... Anytime we've always had an error like that, it's always been somebody didn't get the memo or, or they made a change somewhere along the process and it didn't get to the other person on the other project. But we have had a flood of Star Wars material since we've got the new canon stuff. And, you know, when it comes to the films, it's been basically one a year, except for just this six month period. And we had two in that six month period and we're reassessing already. It's just like, when do we see that same type of reassessment when it comes to the books and the comics? See, I, I I disagree with that too. I I know I'm going to be the guy who's just like, nope, 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 nope. Um, <laughs> but, but it's okay because you're right. So you, you I don't explain yeah, exactly. why you're right. I said it earlier. So, <laughs> so keep you guys on point. That's not a timing thing. You, you got to remember those, like Marvel Comics puts comics. They they put out all kinds of comics, and they they do this. It's the same thing with with trying to keep up with Spider Man's. You know all the different crap that's gone on with in his life. All of them, right? Oh, Spider-Man shattered. That's almost impossible. <laughs> the the. Well, but what I'm saying is that that that's the thing. the The reality is is that that's people not doing their jobs, and and there's been clear indications of of that going on lately. That's that's not a problem of oh hey we're going too fast. That's a problem of Marvel not doing what Marvel's supposed to be doing. And I mean, look, I mean, I I love Marvel. And, uh, you know, I think there's a lot of great stuff, but here in the past few years, there's been a lot of, uh, dip in quality because it seems like the people, you know, I mean, basically a lot of these editors aren't doing their job. They're Mm -hmm. just not. And, and you can, uh, go and you can see grammatical errors. You can go see like, uh, I know the big one was where they, like the first two lines of the, the crawl prologue. And I think it was Darth Vader. Mm-hmm. Do you remember this? Where it was like the same line over and over. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. There was one that did that. There, there's been uh, and they've been all small little things. And what I've noticed for me is I'm less inclined to get the single issues because I know that they're going to have mistakes and they'll have it fixed by the trade paperback. So it's like, yeah, you know, why but, why get the singles anymore when you know they're just going to screw it up? <laughs> it's almost like Dark Horse when they were at their worst when they couldn't get anything right. It was like, yeah, but Dark doing? Horse. I mean, but but think about what Dark Horse was at that time and what Marvel is right now. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like, there's there's no excuse for it, and and it just comes down to. The person who's hired to do these things, you know, I mean, it's like, uh, you know, I mean, like if you make a sandwich wrong, Mark, like you're going to you're going to hear about it. Mm-hmm. So the same thing has to happen too, like because it's your job to make the sandwich. It's right. These, it's these people's job. I'm, to- I'm point zero on the ground contact for that bread. If that crap's right. hard. You know, uh, I'm the first to know it. You're the yeah. last. <laughs> and And so that I mean, that's why you have these editors. And if they're not doing it then why are they getting paid they're not doing their job so yeah no that's uh you got a point yeah who do we who do we lock in the targets here <laughs> i just you know what just just grab your books start see you know just check who now here's the thing too although you'd really have to blame two people for it um you basically blame the person who made the mistake would be the the assistant editor that's who you blame and then you blame the editor because that's the person who's really steering the ship so they you know, I mean, it's it, it always rolls uphill, right? So, so you, the the person who who definitely made this mistake, that's the assistant editor. But then you also have to blame the uh, the the captain, and and that would be the editor. And you so. can't blame Bob Iger 
for that one. Mm-mm. 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 <laughs> you can't. I mean, you can't. You can't expect Bob to to be doing everything. I I, mean, I, no, I thought I, Bob was actually like drawing, doing the illustrations for some of the comics. He does the covers from time to time. Okay. <laughs> he o- yeah. only variant covers though. The other thing uh, they were talking about is that uh, they're going to have some booze on sale in Star no, Wars. No, 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 no. Hold on, hold on, hold on. This is Mark. This is this is what I'm talking about, man. There's still so much here that people just aren't seeing. Go back <laughs> to what he said about the the Benioff and Watts. Yeah, I want to talk about that. So he so he brings up. He says, "Oh, you know, but we still we're still doing stuff." And what does he mention? Episode nine and Benioff and Wise. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, he doesn't mention. Uh, he does Ryan not mention Johnson's Ryan Johnson's trilogy. And honestly, which I mean, thing is like obviously like rumors, whatever. But I mean, still like there have been rumors that 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 trilogy isn't going to happen. Mm-hmm. And then when you have, man, but that's him. that's that's interesting because it's like like Chuck Wendig stuff. Like people didn't react so well to that, and yet they're still like, hey, Chuck, come on, write some more stuff. Like. I, it's hard but for you me gotta, to see them be like, Ryan Johnson, you broke fandom. We're not going to let you even tinker with it anymore. Here's the like, thing. And and I'm not saying, look, I'm not saying that that's, um, that's what's going on or, or anything like that. I'm just saying you, you can't just go, ah, oh, I'm sure he didn't think of it. Like, no, like that's not how these, these things happen. You know what I mean? Like he's he has these bullet points and everything he's not going to just forget ryan johnson's trilogy so what what are you assuming that that the trilogy is not going to happen or that he they just advise him not to mention it i think i think that it's possible it's not going to happen i definitely think he chose not to mention it i think he chose not to mention it it doesn't mean that's not happening but he does say that's we have creative entries including Mm -hmm the game of thrones guys doing sagas you know right he's not discounting anybody else maybe ryan's happened maybe it's not game of thrones is is a win i mean just naming that mentioning that is a win right now ryan johnson is a flip of the well, coin you got, yeah I mean, you gotta think of the, definitely the, the gonna main get press the main press is sitting there and they're like "Ooh, the game of thrones guys are doing star wars they're if you say ryan johnson they're like Wait, who's that again? Wait, he did a Star Wars movie already, right? I mean, they no, like I, it's Game of Thrones. <laughs> come, no, they know those press people know exactly who. I mean, no, come not on, like, man. No, but what I'm saying is, when they're thinking of the readers, they're like, you know, people who identify and everybody with Game knows. of Thrones is like a big deal. Yeah, now, but do you guys see those guys each doing their own saga? Because the next phrase is who are developing sagas of their own. Which makes it sound like we have multiple sagas. So is is Benoff doing one and Weiss is doing the other? <laughs> I don't. Know. I don't know. Or, or maybe they're both doing two different sagas. Or is the other saga Ryan Johnson's, and he was just one of those Freudian slips where he just figured, well, that covered it. I don't know. I, like I said, I my my thinking is I, I totally disagree. They he's not going to to go. Oh, well, you don't know. These people won't know who Ryan Johnson are. Yeah, they no, do. No, I don't everybody. mean that. What I mean is just the fact that the Game of Thrones Game of Thrones is bigger than Ryan Johnson. That's my point. That you know, that's news. Nothing that is bigger than we're, Ryan we're reassessing Johnson, Star Wars, and we're reassessing Star Wars with Game of Thrones guys. Uh, you know, to say Ryan Johnson is just like, oh, well, reassessing Star Wars with Ryan Johnson, oh, whoop de doo But with the Game of Thrones guys, that's a big deal. No, see, I, I I disagree. I don't think that's that was the thought. I think it I think you're half right. I think it's oh, reassessing with Ryan Johnson, the guy who made The Last Jedi, so we're gonna get more of that. That's the direction you're going in. I think he's wanting to keep from that being the message whether or not like i said whether or not it's going to actually happen i think that he's aware of all of the um the controversy and and chose to not bring it up not because of like i said it's it's not a situation of oh yeah you know that's not as um appealing it's that oh that's um to me it's 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 not a matter of oh game of thrones guys it's a matter of someone who's not going to cause the internet to set the world on fire <laughs> yeah yeah no yeah. i agree yeah, with that yeah. too i do agree with that i think it's all of that i think it's just instead of just going out there saying we have other entries we're doing he just mentioned the game of thrones one for those same reasons yeah because there's not a controversy and it's hot mm-hmm. and popular right now that's the one he's going to throw out that's the one that's on the top of his head right now and maybe that's the one that's the next thing that's coming after right. episode but nine. but i'm saying with that being said i think you have to 
to at least keep in mind because and, and I'm only saying this because I, I know there are plenty of people who just like, no, like I will not accept that. Like it's happening. Like you're trying, you're grasping at straws or whatever. But what I'm saying is I think you have to keep it in mind that it might not be happening. That, that he, they may have decided, you know what? We don't want, um, you know, the, yes, there, there are a number of fans who, who do like, the last Jedi, but there's also a number of fans who didn't, and we want to make something that doesn't, you know, splinter the fandom. And so it's possible that that they may decide that they don't want that. Well, and Ben and Often Wise may not happen either. Right now, it looks it. it, it I would is, say right at at this point, yeah. The way I always look at things when it comes to this stuff is because I've been burnt so many times of something's going to happen, and it doesn't. It it's not happening until they actually yeah, say. Well, action. that's that's why the next line is what really sticks out to me, and I think about the quality and the quantity debate because you know they're talking about sagas, which typically we think trilogies or groups of trilogies, and then they talk about they're going to be a little bit more careful about volume and timing. Mm-hmm. I mean, the timing aspect makes sense because they had the solo came out; it was within six months. But they're not really talking volume in the aspect of solo and the Last Jedi, are they? I mean, because that's that's again back to just more timing. But the volume aspect, if we're talking like sagas, like we've got Ryan Johnson's three movies, we've got, you know, the Game of Thrones three. So that's six movies now in two stories, taking up a lot of your, you know, next couple of years time frame. How are you going to stagger that? Is that the volume they're talking about? I mean, maybe, maybe they're looking at sagas and maybe they're thinking, you know, well, maybe we don't need to do six films. Maybe we can make this a trilogy and maybe that trilogy can just be one film. I mean, when I see the word volume, I think of the whole quantity aspect. What do you guys think about that one? Um, I think when I think he's saying volume, he's saying think, thinking the number of movies that come out in yeah. a year. I don't whether it's trilogies or standalone or duology or whatever. That that's how I well. Let see me ask that. this then, because I, I am curious of both of you. Do you think he is ultimately saying? No more movie, you know, no more Star Wars every single year. Or do you think he's saying no more Star Wars movies five months apart? I don't think he knows. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I'm in that same boat. I want to say no more within five months. Uh-huh. But at the same time, I could see them being like, well, maybe we should cut it back to, you know, one every two years. I, I, I think about the toy push that came with The Force Awakens and then how much smaller it was for The Last Jedi uh, Rogue One, it was almost non-existent, and then you know when we got to Solo, it was completely gone. Uh, at least you know on a nationwide scale. I'm sure some of the bigger cities probably still had stuff, but the hype was died by that but, point. Yeah, now, but where but, are they thinking that line comes? You know, six months or a year. I mean, that that's really a, a pin in, on the paper on where you draw that line. <laughs> but the thing is, though, is like that's that's pretty. I mean, even when you go back to, uh, I mean, look at the uh, the Phantom Menace. And then go to uh, Attack of the Clones. Attack of the Clones was like nothing. Mm-hmm. Attack of the Clone. Uh, heck, <laughs> Solo may have had more uh, merchandise than Attack of the Clones. You know, <laughs> like very close. So I, I don't think that's necessarily a factor. But I'm curious. I if he doesn't know, that's a bit concerning to me. Because when does he know? You know what I mean? Like I don't think that. Because I think this is too much to ask of the man. Like I, I, I like him as a director, but I mean, you know, he's he's not a miracle worker. You know, like I don't think that JJ's going to wrap the trilogy up in such a way that Bob goes, "That's it. I know what we're going to do from here on out. It's it's all made clear to me now." You know what I mean? Like, oh no, 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 no. I mean, I think I think the I think with episode nine there's reassessment going on even as that's being produced Mm -hmm. and filmed. And I think at the same time, there's discussion separately about where to go after episode nine, before episode nine premieres. Is it, there's probably discussions. Do we need to focus on doing an episode 10, 11, 12, as opposed to doing standalones, do the standalones work, or maybe we should make them more sagas. Maybe it's not within the Skywalker saga, but separate sagas that are trilogies. Do we need to do that? How often do we put mm-hmm. those out? Can we have one trilogy going at the same time as another trilogy and those movies are alternating back and forth, one in the winter, one in the summer? Yeah, I think there's all kinds of discussions happening, including how all this fits into TV series mm-hmm. and 
and every other medium that they're launching things in. It's just, and I, I don't even think anything is a failure. I think they've had tremendous success. Solo didn't perform the way they wanted it to, mm-hmm. so they have to reassess because of that. But outside of uh, that, I mean, they've been but, very. But let's successful be honest, though. I mean, Wars. and listen, Solo. I, I've I've been on the record of saying Solo is the best Star Wars film since Return of the Jedi. That's I I truly believe that. In my opinion, that's the case. Right? I love Solo, but financially, Solo was not a success. Solo was a failure. You know, there's in my opinion what I have found is that it seems that movies that appeal to the hardcore fans typically don't do as well as the movies that don't appeal as much to the hardcore fans. And, you know, of course, everybody knows I like Star Trek. And when the J.J. Abrams movies came out, most Star Trek fans like Star Trek Beyond, but it was the one that performed least compared to the other ones. And then when I talk to people who aren't big Star Trek fans, they really like the other movies and those performed better. It's this weird dynamic. It's like we have a different way of looking at the films because we're hardcore fans than the general public. You give them something that's different, they love it. We're like, that's not right. We don't like that. And then we get a film like Solo and there's so much in there that that's Star Wars to us and there's so many little Easter eggs and we're like, this is fabulous. And the other fans, you know, people are general public are like, it was fun. It was well, all right. That's it's like, except except the last I've Airbender. Heard of, I heard a lot of general everybody public hated who likes that. It. The, the biggest thing was oh, just yes, that's true. The too. biggest <laughs> thing wasn't not liking. It. The biggest thing was just not seeing it. Because yeah. that's the thing too yeah. is there was an interest. Yes, there was. There was an interest in some right. from the public. Right. Yep. And but like I said, that's that comes down to more factors than just was the film good. But like I said, it's not. Well, no, but it's like when I talk to people, and I mean, this isn't scientific, but I know people who are not big Star Wars fans or really don't know Star Wars that well, and they saw Solo. And when I asked them about the movie, all I got was, I mean, it was okay. I liked it. It was good. But they said they didn't like it as much as Last well, Jedi. You know, those aren't good people, Bruce. You don't need to be friends with them. I know. That's why I have to work well, with you, them. You well, have to be like, I can't. <laughs> I'm not allowed to be friends with you anymore. You're you're a bad influence. And <laughs> well, they said they've said, and we were talking about this earlier. How you know we're swift shifting away from the Skywalker legacy, right? What have they done that is massively different from Legends? They've shifted from Skywalker to Solo. In Legends, they, they stumped themselves with the Solo family. Jaina marries Jagged Fell. Jason has a daughter. Shh, spoilers, the solo I haven't line got that far off. yet. <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> it, it, what do we have in canon? The Skywalker line dies off with Luke, and only the Solos are left alive. You know, we get this this backstory on Han Solo. Again, we're, we're bolstering the Solos are going to be what moves forward. This is something that just kind of popped in my mind. Like, I you know... We have definitely got a different legacy. So maybe that's what they mean when they say we're not going to have a Skywalker-driven legacy. Maybe, you know, solos are going to be more prominent in some form or fashion. But are, but are the solos financially successful, though? Mm. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? Like, well, and, and no matter what you do with Organa, unless you're, I mean, you're, you're, you're done on certain mediums with using Leia's character. I mean, you're going to be able to use animation all day. But anything live action, unless you change ca- characters, get a new actress to portray her. That avenue is going to be closed off, you know. Well, you, that's unless why they kill off Ben, I think, and then yeah. then you're done. <laughs> so I think a lot of a lot of this works like drawing. Basically, you don't you don't start drawing the little details first, right? You start drawing big, and then you get smaller and smaller. That's how I think the decision makings need to be done for for this stuff. Is they need to see okay, how like what's the most broad decision that we can make, and we'll mm-hmm. start there. And then we'll kind of work our way in until we get to where we need to go. So maybe what they need to be looking at right now is like, of all things, when does it, when do the next ones take place? Where do we want to go after this? Yep. You know, Yep. do, do we want to stay in this era? Do we want to go forward? Do we want to go back to the prequels or do we want to go back to the old Republic? No, what they need to do is they need to treat it the way they treated the new Jedi Order when they had their Bible of this is where the story's going. Because that series was a series of standalones, duologies and trilogies, all books set in telling a grander story. And that's what Star Wars always was to me was a overlapping story. It didn't matter if I was grabbing a book from the prequel area. You know, some of the stuff transferred over. I mean, you could grab Rogue Planet and you're like, hey, holy cow, the Vong showed up in here. You, you know, that tie through connectivity was always what we loved. So, yeah, I'm with you. They need to get a bigger plan and plan it out, not just what movies they want to do, but what story they want to tell. 
This is where George is like, uh, see, I told you so. You should have listened to me. I <laughs> he's had it all planned. Like, no, he's like, he's like, he's like, listen to Filoni. I put, I put the the gold seed in Filoni's head. Listen to Filoni. And that's why Filoni doesn't get to direct any movies. They're like, no, we're not giving him the. He is not taking the mast. We're not letting him helm the ship. That may change. You never know. I can pray. So Mark I can wish. You, you can also drink at Disneyland too, Mark. If you're I, that, right? I'm, I'm one of those purists that are conflicted here. I don't know if that's a smart idea. I just, uh, you know, I'm not one to say, you know, hey, they're going to go to Autotopia and wreck the car. I mean, because I've tried to wreck those cars. It's not so easy. I don't think even drunk you're going to be able to. Because I was thinking how. This isn't anything new because I, I, I have a friend. I don't, I mean, I just recently met him, but he's a bartender at Disneyland. What? And I was at Disneyland a month ago. Yeah, I was there a month ago and I saw him the next week at something else. And I said, by the way, I was at Disneyland. Aren't you a bartender there? And he said, yeah. And I said, where? And he says, oh, in California Adventure, in that park. Yeah, that, he that mentioned park. Where it wasn't. That park's always been able to. Yeah. So, yeah, now in okay. Epcot, can't you drink as well? That I don't remember. I think you, I think you yeah. can, yeah. So it's when basically you to like, you know, so the was it basically just and Disneyland things. and Disney World? Those are the ones that they're. I mean, like on the aspect of drinking, you know, that's, that's its own topic. But what worries me about this is you're going to one place in, in Disneyland that is going to be ground zero for mass people. And then you're going to add alcohol to that. Like that, that to me is a combination. For hold disaster. On, hold, on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold uh, on. Two things on this. Number one, there's there's alcohol at Universal, right? I don't know. I've never been there. I don't know. I'm almost positive that you can drink. I'm a- always with my family. I never right. drink. Well, see, and that's parts. my thing is I don't know because I don't drink. So <laughs> I have no idea. And, and in fact, I didn't know until um, this last year that they didn't do uh alcohol like back at, at celebration orlando because i said something and she's like no it's a dry park and it's like oh I, I don't know i don't drink so i never pay attention to that you know what i mean well um, you know universal i don't know if there's alcohol in the parks i don't recall but immediately it, it, at least in florida uh as soon as you're outside the universal parks there's bars and restaurants right i mean you could be drinking outside the parks and then walk into the park they're right there you know so even if it's not in the parks, they're outside. What I just of the pulled park. up says uh, beer selections and prices at snack carts and counter service restaurants in Universal Studios. Throughout the Universal Studios, you will come across numerous snack and beverage carts that sell a variety of alcoholic beverages. Okay, so why was my butter beer not alcoholic? When I, I think because that the Wizarding World <laughs> is something that specifically appeals to children. So yeah. yeah, but in the movies, when Harry's drinking his butter beer, he's drunk. Is he? I don't know. No, I'm kidding. But, but do you really giggle when you drink the giggle water? I mean, <laughs> it's like it's like cream soda. Maybe that's well. The, yeah, I'm sure at Disneyland, Disney World, they're going to have like strict rules on yeah. how much you can serve, and there's probably a low yeah. amount of alcohol. Well, here's the, the thing: drinks. Walt specifically did say no booze at Disneyland, but Iger's like, yeah, except I think Walt had a nip or two in his apartment at night. <laughs> I'm a big believer in tradition. This is just seems how, like one of those traditions left? that if we changed it, the empire wasn't going to crumble. Bob, I know you're listening. Don't project yourself on other people. We know you're the one <laughs> drinking in the parks. <laughs> he's Bob Iger. He's like going and he's like doing a walk of, of the park. He's got a little flask he's drinking from. Yeah, it, no, um, what it was was he got the new insurance policy and it's all, all Disney employees. If you're on the park drinking, you'll be terminated. He's like, we have got to fix this. Fix this. <laughs> yeah, I honestly, yeah, this is to me personally, as somebody who doesn't drink, it's something that doesn't matter one way or the other. When I think they're going to have rules, I mean, I, I, that's what I wonder about. I mean, like, how much alcohol are we talking here? Like, they're not giving them Everclear. <laughs> no, it's it's they're they're going to bring out for everyone who orders something. They're going to bring out an entire like it's a bathtub on wheels that they just roll out and you just jump in the no. It's. <laughs> It's it's gonna be get our new normal. Java jewels. <laughs> yeah. it's just gonna be normal stuff. Like I said, it's to me this is like such a non. You can get utini martinis. Mm-hmm. Oh uh, yeah, no. There's, I mean, there, I could see a lot of fun in that regard. But I'm like, I'm with you. I don't drink anymore, so I'm kind of like, I'm over it. <laughs> yeah. See, see, the the one thing we can say, Bruce, is it's not alcohol that made me fat. <laughs> yeah well then what was it <laughs> honestly <about>. laziness <laughs> <laughs> 
It's 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 sitting around playing two hundred and forty two hours worth of Skyrim. That's what it is. Yeah. That's what it is. <laughs> and for me, it's in and out. Yeah, and then back again. Mm-hmm. There uh, and back again. Do do a Gibson's oh, tail. Oh, I was drinking milkshakes too. They were free milkshakes. If we're not from in and out, but somebody anyway. I was just I was really bad yesterday was it yesterday yeah you you have to show resistance bruce you have to resist the temptation i did resist <laughs> I, love so then I, went to a... <laughs> I love mark's like obvious prodding segues <laughs> <laughs> he's like move the show along <laughs> so there's four new titles that we got for resistance we already knew the first episode is called the recruit okay so the next episodes we found out are uh, episode two is the triple dark. Ooh, sounds like it sounds like a hockey move or a starship. I was gonna maneuver. say it sounds like a milkshake I had yesterday too. <laughs> the episode three is fuel for the fire, and then episode four is the high tower. Wasn't high tower in the police academy movies? No, Stephen King, right? No, 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 no. There was you, you're thinking of dark tower. You're thinking of the giant cop, man in the high tower. No, all I want to know that's man in high castle. Now we're just getting cop, way up. cop. Yeah. <laughs> no. So High Tower was uh, played by Bubba Smith in the Police Academy yeah. movies. Yeah. He was tall. Yeah. Yeah. So right. So does this episode have to do with him? <laughs> no. <laughs> but do the episodes come in a chronological order? I mean, that's where I want to know at this point. Right. George isn't involved, but Filoni is. It reminded me. Wait, what? Filoni's still involved. He might decide. Hey, mm. we're gonna put this in a Lukean fashion. We're gonna just chop it up Filoni's- and play it out there like it's a Quentin Tarantino flick. They didn't do it with Rebels, so yeah. It's, it's true, so it's here, here's the thing, though. Uh, the reason why it was chopped up was because of um, budgeting and oh, I you know, know. The, mo- I the character just, I'm models. Still holding the grudge. It's it's hard. <laughs> well. <laughs> Look, here's my thing. I don't have an issue with it, but when you release it on, like, for home video, release it in the right order. Thank uh, you. No, that, that, okay, <laughs> we were talking about this in the patron chat about Firefly yeah. and how they, you know, they chopped it up in order and it was just a, a horrible, horrible disaster. But when they put it out on DVD, at least they did that. Yeah. And I'm with you 100% on that. They totally need to do that. Yeah. yeah, collector's edition in but, chronological order. Nathan but P. Butler will buy at least one copy of every version. <laughs> well, yeah, uh, Nathan P. Butler, who who just had his son Cade. I don't, I don't yeah. think that's been announced. So, you know, congratulations. Since we haven't really said it on the show proper, M- mostly because he's yes. not listening. But mm-hmm, that's fine. Mm-hmm. Um, so check anyhow, that off my bucket list, though. I know, <laughs> but Bob Iger is listening. That's yeah, well, that's yeah, all that matters. But hey, listen, the the thing is, so is Adam Driver. Oh, that's cool. But hey, look. So another little Clone Wars thing that I noticed. So the first episode of Clone Wars was called Rookies. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And this one's The Recruit. What was Rebels? I I feel like that's almost a spark of rebellion. Oh, yeah. yeah. They started with a movie. Yeah. So, but I don't know. I just, I kind of feel like maybe that's purposeful. I I think at this point they're like, you know what? People freaking love some Clone Wars. (laughs) They are not confused that's true yeah and they're bringing clone wars back so there you go we did mention that earlier that's another star wars thing we're getting and and also bringing things back we got the 44th season premiere of saturday night live with who bruce adam driver who listens to the show so that yeah. so that's obviously means the return of matt the radar tech right like they're not <laughs> i'm hoping so. there, there's i can't see them doing uh, you know doing a, an episode without doing a follow-up to matt the radar tech they've got to do yeah. a um no they need to keep it going they, yeah. it has to keep going <laughs> it's yep. got to evolve with and the our trilogy. friend kevin reitzel needs to be in it so, <laughs> so i yeah I, I think it's and, and the thing is i think it's going to be great now with the last jedi that they they have stuff to pull from from there that they might could do something but i'm wondering if I don't know. See, I'm curious how they would do it because do they do undercover boss again? So how uh, how do you do that? Right? I don't know. They might have to try something differently. I don't yeah. know. But I I hope I hope that they kind of somehow continue along with that because it was I feel and which it may just be maybe they do the apprentice. Yeah, yeah, and you can have Hawks being you know the the main focus. <laughs> You're fired. That could be that could be <laughs> what you have uh, driver doing the whole time, just constantly yelling, "You're fired." <laughs> I don't know. I don't. I don't know what they're gonna do, but I'm excited. When is it? How long do I gotta wait? It's uh, just. I think it's next week. 
I don't have the date in but here. It's a but whole I think it's another... next Saturday. Saturday, the last Saturday of September. It's a whole nother Saturday. I know. Just to wet your whistle, you've got time to think about it. Yeah. Okay, you know what? We're going to go to our next segment, which is not Boba's Bounty. I do see in the notes that, uh, that Mark, you did finish Thrawn Alliances. This, this is That's true. your Boba's that Bounty. Was, that was my Boba's Bounty. I did. That's your Boba's Bounty. But you know what? We're going to a new segment called Growing Up Hurlman. <laughs> <laughs> this, is, this is my favorite part of, of the Star Wars report. <laughs> I was wondering what you were doing. Before you finished Thrawn Alliances, you were a young lad in Oregon with no power. Yeah. Up in the mountains or the hillbilly areas or whatever, yeah, you finally yeah. got a generator and you discovered electricity. But well, you probably meantime, want backstory then, right? <laughs> I, well, you know, I don't want to go to. I'm just kind of curious because you mentioned to us earlier tonight when we were doing rogue transmissions that you used to go out and look at the stars. So true. I want to know, how did you go from looking at the stars to becoming a Star Wars fan? Were you a Star Wars fan before? electricity or after <laughs> after after no i was actually a star wars fan much after uh i was a star trek fan before power uh, actually but, i think i knew you were you became yeah, a star wars fan yeah, in your yeah. early teens yeah my, right? my 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 trip to fandom started through star trek with my dad and then i rebelled i was like i want for me it was about the ships uh but but no to, to get back to where you started though for me you know i live so far out in the woods that we had beautiful views of the milky way so like literally I'd be able to just look out anytime I wanted at night and it was just glorious. So I was always fascinated with the stars and stuff. We were so far out there and the skies were so good that we would get good signals on three stations. And by good, I mean, you know, like, like the kid trying to watch the showtime at night kind of good where you're like, I think maybe I see somebody. And then you got one station that was okay, but it was snowy all the time. That was the Star Trek channel. So of course we had the VCR and, and we'd record that. And that was, and this is when you're on the generator. Yeah, that was on the generator. Yes, yes. Well, and before that, we would go up to my grandma's house, which was, was as we were talking in the patron, uh, up at the top of Gilbert Creek. We lived on a hill. My grandpa owned 88 acres at first, and he slowly sold, you know, a lot of it. But, uh, you know, it was a homestead type thing where they were up at the top of the hill. We were in the middle of the hill. My uncle Don was down lower at the bottom of the, uh, the valley by the bottom of the river. And my aunt Darcy's property was across the way, but she never actually homesteaded any of it. She was like, I'm going to live in an actual town. I want power. <laughs> so now, when you yeah, were, so, when you were yeah. out looking at the stars, would your uncle Don come out and say, Mark, I'm shutting the power down. And he said, I'll be in in a minute. <laughs> no, no. My, my <laughs> uncle was, uh, Mike was very derogative. Uh, you know, my, my best friend was, uh, Joey, but he was, uh, Jose. So of course I was always Hose B. My uncle had all those great jokes and you know, I never, never let us live it down. And we used to do these little Al Bird calls and stuff. And he's like, yeah, hey, you're not gonna be able to do that through puberty. But he had a different phrase for it, which of course I can't say on our show right now because uh, it's, it's, it's not polite. <laughs> but yeah. Yeah. So, uh, and, and he still lives there now. Like he's actually, uh, pretty much converted all the, the property into his own ranch, but. No, so for me, yeah, do you uh, have siblings? I'm just yeah, I got, a, I got a little sister. Yeah. Okay. All right. And and ironically, like we had a history of my mom killing every animal we ever had. Like so, it's like that's that's a lot of our wait, fun wait, memories. You mean like pets or just yeah, animals like, like, that wander by? So so no pets. Like uh, she ran over a couple of our dogs, uh, puppies. Like just had them for a couple of days, kind of thing. And mom runs them over. Uh, wait, we had a, a parent. Purpose? She, oh, no, no. My mom had a bad, bad. Like she was bad luck with the pets. Like we would not leave my mom alone with the pets because like the, the, the day she lost the parrot and the turtle, <laughs> she's out in the front yard and, and she lets my sister's turtle and my turtle out in the grass and the bird's out. She opens up the thing to, to reach in and the bird flies off. So she's trying to catch the bird. Of course, the bird's gone. It's not coming back. And while she's doing that, she forgets about the turtles well, luckily, mine's a boxer turtle, so it's slow AF. It's, my sister's is a water turtle, and that one's just like mobbing. And, you know, my mom's distracted, so she gets back, and she can only find my turtle. My sister was devastated. You lost my turtle! You don't love my turtle! You hated my turtle from the start! Little things like that, you know. Uh, just great stuff. But, yeah, and my sister, like, I felt bad for my sister because, like, I was kind of a jerk. Like, like I look back, and I'm telling my kids these stories and things, and I'm like, God, man. 
I thought I was righteous and had a heart of gold because I was a Cub Scout, but I was a dick. Like, <laughs> we were walking from my uncle's house up the road and, and they had that, that nice red clay dirt stuff. And I've got a walking stick and I'm like maybe three feet ahead of her, you know, and that, we're three years apart. So I think I was like nine. She might have been six, you know, depending on the, the month schedule. And I had to run. And I stabbed the stick right down in the dirt and I take off sprinting. And she's, you know, six and is like, what? <laughs> what? Ah, wow, wow. I had stabbed into a hornet's nest that I saw there and ripped it sideways and took off. And of course, I was three feet ahead of her. So by the time she got to the point to hear where I was at, she was literally right next to the bee's nest and got engulfed in the bees. So yeah, that was, that was fun. Got to go down. Me and my dad burned it up that <laughs> night watching them come out. It was like Star Wars, man. It was like, and of course, I hadn't seen Star Wars at that time looking back on it. It was like oh. the Ewoks with, you know, the little fire flies shooting out. Like, look at that bird, baby. Yeah, that was good. So it was kind of like burning the hornet's nest was your first like introduction to getting into star Wars, because it was like that experience got you interested in the epic saga of star Wars, that kind of adventure. When I watched the, the empire of Hornets go down to the gasoline and flame, <laughs> I was well, enticed. What was your first star Wars movie? Oh, see, I want to say it was return of the Jedi. I remember where I was at. It was at my, my dad's mom's house, uh, my grandma, Mitty, and they, they had, you know, they lived in Cloverdale, which is still an, an, a small nowhere town, but they actually had cable. So they had HBO and things like that. And it was on HBO, I believe. I, I'm pretty sure it was on HBO. It was like one of those times it was first showed. So someone out there could probably tell me how old I was by that alone. Uh, but I remember her going like, hey, you know, your dad and you like the Star Trek. Well, have you ever seen this? Like, I think you'd really enjoy it. And she was right. I did. Uh, I didn't at that time realized that it was more than one movie. I just thought it was like one movie and kind of like, I caught it like halfway into it. It already started kind of thing. So I didn't really know, but at the same time, like the way that movie kind of launched, like if you miss the opening crawl, you might not know that you caught the movie from the beginning. So, you know, I, I still to this day don't remember how much exactly I caught. I just remember I was hooked on the ships and that's where I started to, when I, when I, you know, when I started thinking about the differences between Star Trek and Star Wars, because I hadn't watched Star Wars before that, and, you know, you always hear about people talking about, well, one's better than the other. That was when I started paying attention to the ships and stuff. And that's where I, that's what really drew me in was the snub fighters. I love the idea of the X-Wings going up against these massive capital ships. And that was like the one thing that Star Trek didn't have. The only thing they had small wise at that point were shuttlecrafts and the shuttlecrafts were lame man. they were little flying square boxes. They were the most boring damn thing ever. And not like an X-Wing, you know, <laughs> even a TIE fighter with the little TIE interceptors, with little sleek lines and stuff, you know, it wasn't until we got to Voyager where I'm like, Oh yeah, Delta flyer. Yeah. Like let's, let's have some games with that kind of stuff. <laughs> then I was finally, all right, Star Trek brought its A game. We're finally playing. <laughs> having to look some of this up i'm like what's a delta flyer <laughs> <laughs> ah, that's kind of lame too let's be honest yeah that's lame compared to the other star wars ships like that but yeah i mean it's but Tom it's like they building, tried so anyway we're not gonna get into that so <laughs> I, well so which one is better bruce what the ship star wars and star trek i don't know hey mark <laughs> 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 i don't i don't look at it that way so when did you start reading Star Wars books? That came closer to the end of high school. Um, I was still one of those, like, I, I was a closet Star Wars fan. Like, everybody knew I loved Peter Parker. Like, that that I was I was stupid enough to admit early on in high school. What? Uh, and I, I admitted it to girls. No, so, see, I say stupid because my, my foster brother, Adam, was always like, shut up, shut up, I don't want to know. And I'm like, they're asking. Like, they, they keep asking questions. Like, I mean, what, it's rude not to answer but, you know, Adam, it was like, I was, I was doing social suicide. Like, no, no chick wanted to hang out with a geek. You know, uh, and that's what I that's was. So, totally. so, you know, and I embraced it because I was like, dude, chicks like me because I'm funny, man. Like, you know, exactly. Like, there you go. That's yeah. Tough. So I, I was playing that card, but I hadn't gotten into Star Wars really at that point, especially like books and stuff. Like, I liked the movies and that was as far as it went. You know, I was like, okay. And it was still before 97, which was my senior year. And then they redid the special edition. So by my senior year, when I'm top dog in high school and I can let my geek flag fly because, hey, I'm a senior, screw yourself. I was like top of, you know, at that point I was into it. So I think it was like sophomore, junior year. I think sophomore year was when my mom bought me Thrawn's uh, Dark Dark Force trilogy, uh, you know, the Thrawn trilogy. And I opened that up and I was reading it. I got about halfway through the first book and I couldn't do it. I, I The terminology was so new to me at the time that I didn't understand half of what I was reading. And it, it was, it just kept grinding me to a halt. So I set it down and I didn't come back to it. Uh, so, so yeah, I had him in my sophomore year because 
my junior year, I was dating my, my first girlfriend, not, not my first girlfriend, but the first, you know, you guys know what I'm saying. Uh, so, and she noticed that I had these books on the, the headboard of my bookshelf. So she thought, Hey, I, I must have been into that because clearly I was into geeky things. So they had Timothy Zahn had showed up to one of the local bookstores and she went down and got, uh, heir to the empire signed from him to me personalized. And when I got that, I was like, that, I was pretty stoked. I was like, holy hell, you know, this is pretty awesome. So I went back and was like, I should probably read these books. <laughs> you know, So I, I grabbed the books and I was still having the same issue with the terminology, but I was like, you know, I'm just going to plunge through. And by the time I got through with it, I was like, dude, this is really good. And I went out and got the, uh, the essential chronology. I, I, I ran across that at Barnes and Noble and I started looking through it and that got me like, oh man, there's, there's, you know, so much more here. And I started paying attention to the, the the timeline, you know, the the events. And I was kind of getting spoiled by the the timeline chronology thing, but not too bad. Like I knew about certain events, but I didn't know how they went down. So I was still excited to get into each book. So I was going out and finding them and stuff. And that was about the time when I met my wife. Like I was just starting to get into the books and man, boy, was she the biggest enabler. Like (laughs) once we got married, especially it was like anything I wanted. She was like, yeah, I get it. (laughs) So I mean, she was encouraging me to buy like art sets because it says Star Wars. Oh, honey, get this. Yeah, we got really bad. Like, I mean, I got so bad with my aspect of collecting and it started with Spider-Man comics because I was like, I got to have them all. I got to got, you know, if I'm missing one, I got to find, I got to hunt it down. And we got like that way with even Care Bear figures for my daughter, Taylor. Like, we're like all the little small ones. We're like, I get the whole set. They got some new ones. We're getting all these things. And yeah, my wife was just as bad with the Star Wars stuff. Like, do you have this figure? Yeah, I got three of that. What about this one? Ooh, that's a good one. Put in the cart. Like, like I watch Michael and his wife and I'm kind of like, I miss those days. <laughs> my wife's like, now she's like, if you say Spider-Man one more time, like she's like, like, she don't mind the fact that I'm into both, but she's like, I don't want to hear about Spider-Man. Well, which one's like, better, Spider-Man or Star Wars? For her, it's Star Wars. Although she does think Luke Skywalker is a is a kitty cat, and that's that's a nice way of putting it. Uh, she uses the P word, and uh, she will stand behind that all the, so, all the while. Listen, although, although I kind of agree so, with her now uh, for the first time. So here's ever. the thing, Mark. Um, now you're talking about you know Timothy Zahn and all of that. Did you hear uh, what he said back at? Uh, Dragon Con yes. about naming yeah. about naming your children after characters. Yeah, that was, that was hardcore. No, no, I didn't catch the naming after the characters. I didn't catch that part. Okay, so he one. said, um, he goes, well, he goes, you should probably wait until they're like eight or nine so that they can actually decide if if they think it's cool to be named. <laughs> and so if you if you hear because there's there's a few different uh, places I think that that put that audio out, you can hear some some. You know, Jack Wagon shout out. It's very clear. You can hear him shout out. So you're saying that I shouldn't name my son Luke with two U's? <laughs> and and of course that Jack Wagon was me. I love it. Oh wow. Well, and what what made it even even better was Michael Stackpole. Man, dude is I mean sharp as a knife, right? Mm-hmm. And he immediately goes, well. Not unless you uh, go to the the clinic and have some procedures done first. <laughs> Man, I want Stackpole to write another book in canon. L- little little fun thing there. I thought you might like since you. No, you I mean, I, I caught part of it where kids. he was talking about whole the the truth and legends and how some legend stories may have existed. And I'm just like, man, that, but that's legends existed in its own right, and it still exists. Like it I, still exists. It's still. Valid. I, I find that idea of that the legend stories could be canon, like. I think that that's, that's a, a bad way to approach it. Like, yeah, there may be some canonical truth to some of those aspects eventually down the road, but for the sake of legends, those events happened in a legends universe. They were consistent to that legend story. You know, they exist as a self-contained universe. And yeah, you can cherry pick from it. I love that term because that term is exactly what they're doing. But, but to pretend like, you know, like, Shadows of Mindor might exist in canon up to certain points. Like, and that's the same thing. Like when they say that the novelizations are in that quasi realm, it's like, give me a new version of it where everything lines up. I don't want to have a version where I open it up and I see a blue Yoda. I know I've talked about that a thousand times, but that still ticks me off. Well, Mark, like, it, you realize what all of these, you know what all these inconsistencies are, right? Like between these different things and then the, the legends and canon, this is, these are events changed by the world between worlds. I, I thought you were going to tell me it was it was signs that I'm having a stroke, but... <laughs> oh, it could be that. Do you smell toast? <laughs> <laughs> 
burnt yet buttered. <laughs> if not, it's just the world between worlds. <laughs> See, I'm telling you, you, you could you can go all the way back now, right? Kind of like like Looper. And there's this giant like Sith Jedi war inside of the world between worlds, and some of the the events start changing as they're as they're like messing well, with stuff. See, and and to bring it all back to you know growing up, Hurleman, I had a trail <laughs> on the backside of my house that we called Deadly Trails. That you would go into those briar bushes and you would just be transformed to a whole new world. Next thing you know, you were in nettle country. You'd have to watch out for the the stinging nettles. If you got hit, you had to stop at the dockweed and crush it up and rub it on the burns. Oh, yeah. That was a magical place, buddy. <laughs> I have no idea what that's all about. I, yeah, I don't know what half of that meant, but I'll yeah, That's I'll a story for another for patron. <laughs> no, that's the story for next week's Growing Up Hurleman. That's <laughs> Our the new segment right there. That, that, that's replacing Boba's Bounty. Exactly. No more Boba's Bounty. It's gone. No more of it. It's Growing Up Hurleman from now on. And once we're done with that, it's Growing Up Morris. Oh, God, that's going to be boring. <laughs> okay, we'll stick with Hurleman. So, Hurleman, if people want to find you online, where can they do that? Illogical Rogue 2. Unless you're playing PlayStation 4, that's my son. Shoot him in the head! He is good, and I love to uh, taunt him. So he's actually getting shot by a lot of people. So uh, I do a little dance on his head, uh, drive him nuts. That's okay. He's using my account. He's stealing my account one game at a time. So he deserves that. But... uh he won't be stealing my other accounts, and unlike our Instagram out there that isn't us because someone stole that, I am the Illogical Rogue 2 everywhere else. All right, Michael, where can people find you? All right, so you can find me uh, just at Morris Isley on Twitter and Instagram. Go follow me over there. I have, like, so few followers. I don't know what's up with it. I, maybe it's my account settings, but anyhow. Um, or maybe they listen to the show. Uh, you know what? <laughs> That's probably what it is. Uh <laughs> But if you want to listen to a show, if you do want to listen to a show and then understand why I don't have many followers, uh, check out Cloud City Casino. We actually just recently put up uh, an episode uh, that is is great. It's the uh, it's a retrospective on Star Wars and Masters of uh, Terrascasi Terrascasi. I don't know why it's it's hard to say. Like it's I can say it right in my head, but it's a problem. But Point being, uh, it was a, a lot of fun, and even more fun than that was um, all the time I spent working on an outro song that I think everyone is going to love. Yeah, so if you don't listen to the whole episode, definitely go to the end and listen yeah, to Yeah, at least jump to like the last like three, four minutes, something like that. It is so good. Um, yeah, that's episode 84. You know, you're getting closer to 100. I want to yeah, be on buddy. that episode. Gonna be on a hundred, yeah. But man, the way it's been going, it's gonna be a while. <laughs> All right. Well, maybe I won't. I might. I might be too old. Yeah, maybe you'll be retired by then, Bruce. Yeah. I'll I mean, be we're tired. We're, we're doing good. Kate, to get one Kate out. will be taking over the Beyond the Films podcast. Kate <laughs> <laughs> <Kate> and Jana. <laughs> hey, man. That's like I said. That uh, you know, it was hard enough, and then Nate's got to go and have a kid. And I'm like, ah, man. Way to, way to think about the podcast. Oh, wow. Your priorities yeah, I'm straight. looking here. So episode 84 came out September 11th, and then episode 83 right before was June 20th. Yeah. You're now averaging, what, one episode a quarter? <laughs> hey, now. Hey, now. Look, that's that's the only time that we've had that big of a gap. Yeah, it is. But, but it wow. was just, it, it was just, it was so hard for Nate and I tried several times and we just could not get together. In you know time, what it was? So. I think uh, Bob Iger had you guys slow down because he was pushing you too much. Yeah, um, we we noticed our numbers weren't really hitting, and he said, "You know what?" He said, "I'm." Uh, he said, "The buck stops here." That's Isn't that I the time the that Nate and I got that email from Lucas saying that the fandom was about to implode and that we were just holding our breaths, waiting to see? Like, is it even worth it? Are there even going to be fans anymore? Oh, sad, sad. So, Bruce, where can people find you? <laughs> <laughs> well, you probably won't find me on this podcast anymore. No, uh, <laughs> you'll find me. Uh, on Twitter at Admiral underscore Rex, and you can find me on the Trek FM network doing literary treks and live from the edge is coming back October 4th because we have a new short series called Star Trek short treks. And the first episode that comes out October 4th and we're doing a live show that night. So check that out. But we already decided Star Trek was not good. Yeah, but it's good when you listen to me talk about it. I don't know. Especially about the Delta Flyer. 
He's gonna actually gonna break down about the Alpha Flyer, the, the new ship that Paris is gonna make when they get back. There Look, I go. only care about the radio flyer, okay? That's, a, <laughs> that's way that is a, a much much nicer design than than the those ships. Broken the wheels. Like you just you you put that like across the screen, like with the stars in the back, and and I'm I'm more convinced than than those other ships. I'm just saying. What do we say at the end of the show? <laughs> Many fathers died. He bring you this podcast. Come back now, yeah.